Broadcasting from New York City, it's a beautiful day to throw your rival's girlfriend off a bridge. It's Matt and Brett Love Comics. This is Matt. Oh, and this is Brett, and that's depressing. Yeah, I guess it doesn't have to be a girlfriend, right? Well, you should shit throw anyone off a bridge. I, I didn't mean, say you should you do it, I just said with, it's a nice day to do it. If you have a problem with your rival, you need to take it directly to your rival. Yeah. Like, don't and don't involve anyone else. Just go straight to the source and punch them in the face. Well, I clearly... Or talk about it See, now you... I think like a supervillain, I guess. And I think about it like a normal human being who keeps having women dropped on him from bridges while he's just walking around Manhattan. <laughs> normal human being. And, normal human being. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you're a normal person in New York, there are people just falling from roofs all the time. Good guys, bad guys, normal people. Dogs. That's true. Dogs? I don't know. <laughs> Whoa. I haven't read a lot of comics from the 70s, so I'm assuming. You can yep. a lot of dogs that way. That's fair. Uh, we've got a really interesting episode today. Uh, I'm very excited about it's this. already there. <laughs> yeah, I think this is the most people we've had on the show in a studio episode. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a bunch of people on panels at cons before, but uh, this is a new one. Um, joining us today in the studio uh, are uh, the very funny and talented Ms. Glenn Buzan. Oh, thank you. Uh, the very funny and talented Mr. Kevin Hines. Oh, thank you. And the very funny and talented Mr. Mark Ginocchio. I, I don't think I'm funny or talented. But it's okay. <laughs> all right. I guess we all reserve our own judgment on ourselves. <laughs> Harshest sort of We all get the falls. final word on ourselves. That's right. Um, so this is an episode that uh, we've assembled a sort of uh, Spider-Man roundtable for. And me. Yeah. <laughs> and me. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, how did this episode come about, you ask your... Yourself? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matt, yeah, I'm doing a third-person omniscient narrative of my You're own life Knight. right now. You're turned into Moon Knight. Yeah. multiple mats. Yeah. Um, you don't need to understand Oh, man. It. You're over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Uh, so, here's Moon what Knight happened. Moon is a, is a mercenary. <laughs> like, it's just you got Here we go. I'm reading it. I don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... So, Glenn, you had some questions about Spider-Man. I did. Uh, and you shot out a Facebook message to a bunch of us at UCB. <laughs> and what sort of happened was, what I think kind of happens a lot whenever you reach out to a, a series of comic book fans. And the questions that you had were more about the themes of Spider-Man. So what were you sort of asking in that thread? And also, yeah. what triggered it? Um, that's a good, I'm really going to have to like refresh my memory. I should have like probably pulled up the question. Um, my initial, I've been of late very interested in the idea of vulnerability and what makes someone vulnerable and whether or not that is a strength or a weakness and who thinks it's a strength and who thinks it's a weakness. Um, I think culturally there are a lot of differences between cultures and, uh, um, I guess, uh, there's a, a psychologist, her name is Benet Brown, and she had a couple uh, TED Talks about this, and she says that like one of the most brave things you can do as a human being is become vulnerable to another human being, mm-hmm. is uh, give and receive love by way of being vulnerable. And so that got me thinking, like, I remembered, I loved the first Spider-Man movie, the one with Tobey Maguire. Yeah. yeah. I really loved that. I, and I, I Immediately, I'm like, that's probably not a cool thing to say. No, no. no. <laughs> I'm it was the first... Good live action Spider Man. It's I like I loved totally it. Great. Absolutely, yeah, no question. Absolutely loved it, and um, and I remember feeling very much like, oh, I that is very relatable in a ways that a lot of superhero stories have not been to me. In that, um, he, there is this pull where he has to choose between essentially being able to have this relationship with Mary Jane, and um, also uh, and being a superhero. Like there's that moment where he has right. to literally choose, end, yeah. yeah, where he has yeah. to choose between two, and also and throughout the um the storyline as well like can he have both you know with great power comes great responsibility that whole thing and so i guess my question was like how does the spot how do the spider-man uh themes and i know there are a bunch of different iterations of spider-man and different writers well, we're talking sure. about miguel o'hara right what are you doing sorry i saw a joke opening and i went for it oh, <laughs> sorry. i thought it was funny <laughs> 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 Um, so I, I thought it was very funny. <laughs> uh, so, Glenn, what side? Uh, before we name. jump into yeah. it, um, what side? What side do you think you fall on so far? I am absolutely now in the because I used to. Uh, I mean, I think now as I get older, I realize that protecting yourself from feeling things like you can't selectively numb is what this woman says this Bennett Brown woman says oh. in her podcast so selectively numbing is when um, like a lot of people 
uh, when they self-medicate, when they, you know, drink or do drugs a lot, it's to make themselves feel better because they don't want to feel bad. But when you numb the bad feelings, you all, you numb everything in your life. So you can't selectively yeah. numb feelings. So if you, it's like, a, it's like there's one dial on your emotional, like ups and downs. You cannot control sadness and happiness, you know, in tan um, the, by themselves. Don't you um, also feel as an actor, because you do some acting, mm -hmm. uh, that it helps Thank you for to, uh, it helps like, I feel like I'm very, I'm very, it's a very closed emotionally person, <laughs> um, but from doing improv and acting a little bit, I've had to get better about that in my real life. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't, you have to, you have yeah. to care and be affected and show that and wear yeah. it on your sleeve uh, to express it. And it's like, oh yeah, that's a good thing. But I spent so much of my life just like bottling stuff up and sitting in the corner reading a book. Sure. And, and Mark, you're a dad. How does uh, how does vulnerability sort of play into uh, the role of a father? Oh wow! <laughs> I thought we were talking Spider Man. <laughs> You're here for parenting. Okay. I mean, you know, it's, and, and especially because I, I mean, I'm a I'm a parent. I'm also a parent to a, a boy. So yeah. you know, there's this whole thing about you know the ideal male role model and and being all these yeah. things and and I mean I I think you you do need to be vulnerable to a certain degree. You, this, sure. This, this you, you can't be you can't be closed off and 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 you know try and put up this tough guy you know machismo kind of at least not for me because I mean you know I want to make sure that you know my son grows up treats people with respect doesn't. Oh, there's there's someone knocking down the doors to get my answer. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess that's what I'm just trying to say. Is it's? I mean, I think you have to keep emotions accessible to your children. I mean, you know, obviously yeah. you have to protect them to some degree from some things, and you you know you can't be too open about everything, making your life a totally an open book. But I mean, no, yeah, I think definitely has to be a balance. I'm yeah, sure. but I think vulnerability yeah. is a good thing. I, 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 for me, at least, I mean, it's. Yeah. 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 We're great parents now. Yeah. We just got the yeah. We'll um, see. <laughs> I guess my problem with like the way that vulnerability is treated a lot in in especially like American like quote unquote like American society today or whatever. Yeah. Um uh, or like this culture that we live in is that a lot of people see vulnerability and they see it as weakness. Yes. And to me, I have learned very much in the past like 5 or 10 years that I think it is absolutely a strength because it is so much harder to um, sit and feel than it is to react and get angry. Like I learned recently also reading like these other, um, like there's, I read through this like anger management handbook that was like fascinating. I think everybody should have to just read it. Everybody <laughs> should be required like reading. It's so fascinating. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, was that the Hulk? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I know it's gone. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, also like as a, a comedian and comedy, like UCB railed on this. I think maybe two DCMs ago, maybe last year, about the detached mm -hmm. comedy yeah. thing that's such a big thing uh, yeah. with, like, Tosh.0, oh, and, like, mm -hmm. just a lot of, like, snarky yeah. comment sure. commentary where it's like, right. oh, you're not affected by anything. It's like... Commenting on it, not being in it. Yeah. Or also, yeah. like, like yeah. comedy being anti-sincerity in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, people, instead sure. of, like, sincerely liking yeah. things or sincerely talking about things, it's like, deflect with a joke. Deflect with a joke. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Make fun of a thing. Don't actually like a thing, which... And I think yeah. one of the reasons, like, John Stewart's so great in The Daily Show, or even Colbert, even though he's doing a character, is that their character of Colbert and John Stewart himself are angry or incensed mm -hmm. or excited. Yeah. Like, yeah. They are affected by everything they talk about. Yeah. They're not just sitting there and like, punchline. There's an emotional viewpoint as yeah. well as, yeah. like, a, an intellectual viewpoint. I mean, yeah. that's always, isn't that more fun to watch when somebody gets a certain sure. way? Like, well, that's yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but even from a blogging perspective, I mean, on, on Chasing Amazing, I mean, I think the bread and butter of my website is is when I look back on old issues and talk about, like, what they actually mean to me in terms yeah. of, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, those, I mean, first of all, as a writing exercise, I have infinite more fun just kind of burying my soul in these pieces <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. know if and if you know only a few people read it then so be it i mean you know but but that's that's not the point it's 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 not so much about the comics themselves but you know i try and focus on the connection to them and you know where i was in my life when i when i was reading this when i received it and 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 how that applies to something now and you know i think it's it's good to you know, have it have you know keep your emotions out there and have a you know it, it it gives people something to latch onto and connect to. I mean, you know, if if they don't see things through your perspective, then they might just click onward and go somewhere else. Yeah. But you know, I feel like the the people who read my site are kind of like you know they're very passionate in that regard. And you know, I don't know if we're like minded, but we at least there's there's a dialogue between between myself and them because of 
how I go about trying to write these posts. Yeah. Yeah. So so based on what you've uh what you've sort of gleaned, so let's let's open it up with Glenn. Uh you've seen the movie and everything. Uh how do you feel how do you feel vulnerability was addressed within the film and do you think that they treated it as a strength or a weakness? Um I mean, I, I, it's, I have to be honest, it's been so long since I've seen the movie. Sure. But in my head, I feel like there is this, whenever I see a movie where it's a superhero, like, fighting stuff, it, it always feels like, the vulnerability that I'm talking about is, like, uh, like, if, if Spider-Man were to be truly vulnerable, he would, like, he would, like, he would, like, take off his clothing in front of the Green Goblin and be like, let's talk. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, hey, yeah, yeah. you're very angry, and it's because you didn't, it's because you felt like an insufficient human being, and so you did crazy things because you felt incomplete and, like, not a full man. So that's basically the entire Paul Jenkins run, I think, of Peter Parker. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Man. <laughs> it's true. Which part is that? Wait, is that, uh... That's, like, uh, Death in the Family and, um, like, early 2000s. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they, there was four whole issues dedicated to a conversation, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, uh, they, they did sort of, they did sort of break it down like that, right? Um, I remember. Uh, uh, that was the Umberto Ramos, right? Yes. The Paul Jenkins. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was thinking the Mark Buckingham part, which was less about that, I think. Right. Yeah, that was more about poison toothpaste. <laughs> no, this is great. And, and, and it's interesting, too, because, like, uh, those are the sort of themes that you wonder, especially, I mean, Spider-Man and even superheroes at large, a lot of times you feel like why there could be a lot more actual, uh, you know, dealing with what's actually happening between the people instead of yeah. mm-hmm. uh, immediately jumping to, like, well, load the gun. Mm-hmm. Well, well, oh, sorry. Sorry, if I may just uh, jump off on that. So what I what I learned recently is that um, I've learned the difference between primary and secondary emotions. Is This is what this manual that oh, I was wow. talking about. Yeah. So, um, a, so a primary emotion is, like, anger. And everybody thinks, like, oh, that's a feeling. But it's it's not – it is a feeling. It's a valid feeling, but it's usually a sign, more often than a sign of a more painful, harder to deal with, harder to access feeling that lies deeper beneath the surface. Like if you get cut off in the middle of traffic, you're like, oh, like, can we curse on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck this. Fuck this person. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think that was the curse. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's a swear. That's not a curse. And there's a difference. (laughs) Darn that person. Yeah. 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 Gosh darn it. (laughs) Um, but that is, so you are feeling in that moment, you're not angry. You're feeling disrespected. Yeah. And disrespect, feeling disrespected is harder to deal with than feeling angry. Yeah. So to me, that's why I don't think that, superheroes who use violence to <laughs> and strength and powers and other things they don't seem to me i mean this is just my opinion like sure. that is it's a type of strength but it's not what i value as the most strong yeah. a person can be that's yeah. not what i think yeah. and I, I think superheroes are obviously a power fantasy of, of course thing. of course <laughs> uh, right. uh in the movie spider-man one mm-hmm. the, the toby Maguire spider-man movie uh i i i think the movie's good uh at the time it was Something I've been waiting my whole life for. Right. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's a flawed movie, and there's things that I wish were different. But uh, I remember at the very end of the movie when Mar- Mary Jane reaches out to him and he turns away, like, I can't be with her. I was like, that's such a great comic booky <laughs> moment that I was not expecting a movie to do. Like, most superhero movies would, like, kiss the girl, you get the girl at the end. Yeah. And he was like, no, if I'm with you, I can't, I can't protect you. And even and, that, and, that's well, what I that about it. doesn't yeah. necessarily make sense. And they deal with that a little bit in the second movie. Well, and that, that moment I remember being yeah. a big mm. deal to me. Why? At the end of Spider-Man 2, like after Mary Jane pieces together um, that, because she kissed Spider-Man upside down in Spider-Man 1, and then she's like, wait a second, I've now kissed Peter Parker right side up. Let me, you know, she figures out that, she figures out a secret. And the end of that movie is like her, you know, running away from her wedding to go be with him and being like, I know your secret. I want to be with you. I love you, etc." Yeah. And then the, the end of the movie is him swinging away off to go fight fight yeah. fight Mo- stuff the moment before that is but, a bigger deal but the is it the last shot of the movie i think it's the last shot of the movie is mary jane looking out as peter is swinging away and the look on her face is not happiness it's almost like this is what i've chosen like that's what i remember uh, is like mm. the look on her face is I like remember that face it's just it's it's not a smile it's this like i have chosen this like i've chosen to put myself in danger i've chosen to 
be with me, a man I love, but it's not a happy ending. To me, the, it was, I don't remember that moment. I remember the moment before when he hears the sirens and Mary Jane standing in front of him and there's sirens and he looks out the window like, I'm supposed to go chase these guys. She goes, go get him, tiger. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, she's saying, I accept this. I'm okay with this. Yeah. It's you that, don't need yeah. to choose between us. It's that and the other. Like, I, think it's, I don't it's, remember. Yeah, it's I need this to flip side. It. Yeah. It's oh, the very, boy. I think it's the very last shot of the movie is her looking at him and it's. You sure mm-hmm. it just wasn't Kirsten Dunst? Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys stopped, you guys stopped rolling, right? Yeah. <laughs> she was just thinking back about, not Ju- was she in Jumanji? Yes. yes. She was like okay. trying to figure out how to pronounce her own name. Kirsten. 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 Curses. Uh, but yeah, how, how that's often, a curse. Um, speaking of, I mean, if we want to talk about Spider-Man and uh, primary emotions, is that mm-hmm. the anger, right? So anger, I, when, of what I know, I mean, this is me, like, armchair psychologist. Sure. Like, I'm <laughs> great. going hard. I mean, uh, all of us are I, psychologists. So. Okay, yeah. <laughs> great. <laughs> great. Well, in, the fir- in the Ditko era, he was an angry, angry person. When he first appeared in 1962. Uh, the, the Anne Rand. Uh, uh, 65, uh, yeah. Strong, like he was, like he was just get furious. He would break tables angrily. Mm-hmm. That's like mm-hmm. Peter Parker was angry. Uh, well, and even in his very first appearance, like when he gets powers, he even says like, "I'll like I'll show them. Like one day I'll show them. I'll oh, show yep. them all." Yeah. Like, his first reaction is, "All I care about is Aunt May and Uncle Ben. Everyone else can go rot." Yeah, I mean the like the cover of Amazing Fantasy is you know I'll show is, is that same emotion is you yeah. know wait till the world sees me now you know it's yeah. it's, it's, it's so tinged with I mean some of that was because it was coming off of like horror comics right like, right uh, but like but even that, still that like the, the fact that the opening salvo of this character is like wait till they get a load of me <laughs> yeah it's Jack Nicholson <laughs> yeah. well and even in the very in Amazing Spider Man number one from nineteen sixty three um, early sixty three. Uh, it turns out I do remember a lot about Spider-Man. Um, there's this weird thing this of like... real Colossus moment. He, <laughs> Peter Parker, like... There are instances in that very first issue where he actually thinks like, I could be a bad guy. Like how... Or like... Or no, the, the Stanley as the narrator is positing to the reader like, how long... How much longer can he keep this up? Like, uh, with all this power, what is he going to do with it? And it's weird to have like the narrator of Spider-Man telling the readers in his first issue... Hey, this guy could go bad. Like this guy could use his powers for bad stuff. Yep, he has to learn a lesson. Yeah. Uh, so when it when it when it comes to primary emotions uh, and sort of using those to drive, well, first off, what are what are considered all of the primaries? The only one I know of is anger, because uh-huh. the book I read in particular was an anger management handbook. Sure. Uh, so would, yeah. And so it said that uh, it had one primary emotion and then... A bit lust. Just a paid... Yeah, maybe... Yeah. Right, maybe lust or like maybe... Uh, I don't I don't know what a... Like just, big, yeah, primal... Right. Something yeah. that is... Like well, dirty grind and thing. lust. It's, it's like <laughs> lust isn't... I don't know. I think lust I'm guessing. Be, it's just like something that's like instinctual. I want. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know what like lust... Because primary emotion, the idea is that it's covered... It's 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 an, an incorrect or it's a, yeah. it's a more salient react... Like a quicker reaction than the harder to deal with feelings underneath. Right. Like, I don't, like, lust is, feels like just like a biological need, could maybe. Be. But it could also be it, a reaction does... to loneliness. Exactly, or, right. Uh, oh, then that would, then absolutely. Right? Like, if you, exactly, like, if you um, were or, to be hanging out with people. Inadequacy. Exactly, right. Like, uh, like a lot of sex addicts are just, like, very lonely people, and so I feel like yeah. they need to be, you know, from what I know. Dave so it's like Yeah, right. And so they, they say the that, like, they feel lonely, Outing. they feel alone when they don't have this, like, love and affection and this chemical that yeah. um, that happens in them. Um, how does because uh, I have not read the Ditko stuff um, I've only read the first for shame I know <laughs> I've read the first two issues of Amazing Spider-Man um, but what what is like you wrote, like, <laughs> body roll yeah. your whole body was like oh, yeah. if you're gonna only read 30 if you're gonna only read like 35 issues of Spider-Man it's all, the Ditko issues <laughs> that's all you need to read um, how, do, how did uh, Stan Lee and uh, Steve Ditko deal with like lust in Spider-Man like I kind of wanted to move around these emotions like what was his response to like sex and relationships and girls well, and sex isn't really touched on it oh you yeah, know yeah, but yeah, like yeah. The, the undercurrent of it like did he have crushes like yes. what were his mm-hmm. like how did he yeah, but it's all very superficial for yeah, the most he part had, he was Betty Brant and Liz Allen were the yeah. two main girls yeah. uh, in high school for uh, uh, the, for Peter and then this mysterious girl that Aunt May kept wanting him to like, meet Mary, Mary Jane wasn't <laughs> Stacey was in the picture yet and uh, Liz was the popular pretty girl that seemed to be slightly interested in him. It would be like, hey, like she'd be nice to him, and it would be like, oh, maybe I got a chance, and then Flash Thompson would punch him or something. <laughs> uh, but it, it, High school. It, it, he never seemed to love her. It was more just like she was 
the the uh, the, pro, the high school girl that everyone sort of was like, oh, I'd go out with her if she would go out with me. But he didn't know her or care about her. But Betty Brant, the secretary, the, the teenage secretary for J. Jonah Jameson, uh, he liked <laughs> oh, the her. 60s. Yeah. He liked her. Uh, he got to know her and he liked her. But it, it was never lust uh, there. It was like he yeah. genuinely liked her. She was pretty and nice to him. And he was like, oh, this is fun. You're his first girlfriend, Gwen Stacy? Betty, no. Betty Brant. Well, Betty girl. Brant, yeah. yeah. Oh, they wow. dated for sure. Yeah. Oh, wow. And he was ready to reveal himself to her. And then he considered revealing his And identity. then her brother gets killed in a. During she, a fight with Doc Ock. She blames Spider-Man. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Okay, so let's unpack that moment. That, uh, that, that's yeah. Betty Brant was first, then Gwen Stacy. Yeah. That seems very uh, pertinent to the discussion of, you know, vulnerability. Because one of the things that you said in the Facebook thing was, um, you talked about, like, mob families in that, like, yeah, in, the, in like, because um, I read that earlier today. We uh, should really just, like, pull up the Facebook, but it's so, <laughs> like, the stuff you guys were saying, too, was really great. Because it was, it was like, like mob families being afraid to release, like reveal oh, who they yes. are. Because I had also recently listened to a podcast about um, mob families not wanting. To, I forget exactly how it pertained to it, but um, like uh, mob families feeling like yes, like um, their choice of c- career, quote unquote. I mean, it's a career, sure. Um, what negatively, like were were they morally? Was it bad that they decided to have a family and decided to kind of pull these other people yeah. into this life that they have chosen? So it's kind of this. It's like the. It's it is. It's like the villain version of the Spider-Man, yeah. uh, quarry where it's like or a conundrum, where it's like, well, I've chosen this life for myself, and now I've decided also to have children and these innocent people I've brought into the world. Like, yes, if you have a wife or a husband and you're involved in the mob, that is your that is their decision as an as a an autonomous human to join into this. But the children who are born in those families don't have a choice. And yeah. So is that right or wrong? But we are not to. Who are we to police who you if you have children or not? You know that whole. And, and this and this, these children of mobsters are often like it was terrible growing up. I was terrified a lot, and like I saw guns all the time, and blah blah blah. So, so I mean, well, I mean, Peter Parker, and Mary Jane had a baby. It gets into did the comics at that time have any conversations about like whether or not it was right for Spider Man and Mary Jane to have a baby? No, because it was mired in the clone story. Was it yeah. all like oh. so they didn't yeah. even? It, it was the idea of that was, and correct me if you have a different opinion, was that. Ben Riley, his clone was going to become Spider Man. So Peter was getting married and having a kid and moving off. Like, oh, yeah. he wasn't pregnant until they were already moving him out. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, and then when it was like, no, audiences don't like that. They don't like it when we change the hero. We have to leave Peter Parker in. We have to get rid of this kid. Yeah. Yeah. We're in a corner and so we're painted. She <laughs> yeah. She uh, uh, had a miscarriage. <gasps> Well, sort maybe. Well, uh, uh, they, 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 they implied it may have been switched by the villain. I read. But, I read that really issue. What it's it was. like a hundred percent. Norman Osborn took her baby, but you don't see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you don't see, see it. Like, but it's, yeah. it's it's a package. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like a small package yeah. in a blanket. Out, out, yeah, yeah. Out in the docks. Something with us. If we decide to do something with this, we can. Which they did with Spider Girl, the alternate universe comic. But that, that was, was she was never stolen away in that universe. Yeah, but still, yeah. They uh, and so of... what they said was just like it never happened, basically. Yeah. yeah. For all intents and purposes, that moment never happened in comic book. In like, in like the it's not being used. If it ever gets brought up again, then I guess it happened. But until then, yeah. it did not. happen. Well, remember the marriage doesn't even happen anymore. So how could they have yeah. a baby if they're <laughs> yeah. not married? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can undo a marriage. What happened? Oh, oh no! Oh, boy. <laughs> the, the short answer. Go back to that. Magic undid that. Ooh, this <laughs> <can of worms>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Peter Parker becoming older and getting married is ostracizing younger fans. I got so. It. Through a magic deal with the devil, he was never married. Yeah, yeah. A devil. It's not. It's the devil. Also, because they, they, because like divorcing him would also make him seem even older than right. if he was like. Just yeah, you can't be divorced. divorced you can't be a divorcing. widow. Yeah. Yeah. So the only option wow. was to undo it. And, so, and, so basically, like the the universe of Spider Man is like they still basically all the issues are a hundred percent the same, except you just replace just wife with girlfriend because they Live still lived together, were together for a long time. Like, but again, in comic book universe, where like some of those things couldn't have happened because it was just yeah. it's been six years. So, yeah. Over so then seventy years. So the problem with comic books is they don't age. Yeah. So comics <laughs> have been coming out since sixty three. Yeah. There's no way you could fit all that into. And he's aged maybe five years in that time. Sure. Yeah. So. I think seven. I think that's what they've designated. It's, yeah, it's usually like around year, seven, yeah. right? Yeah. Is he only 25 then or 23? Well, he started at 15. So, so yeah. I would say, no, I would say Peter senior, Parker's right? a hard No, 30. I thought he was, I thought he was, because he didn't graduate high school until issue 28. Yeah, like and at that Ditko point, it was, was in real like, time. Yeah. The Ditko oh, wow. was like real time era, right? Yeah. 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 
So, uh, so they didn't realize they were going to go for fifty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, does it then? It's like Friday Night Lights. He slows right. way down. Exactly. After that. <laughs> what What happens? What are you doing with your own vulnerability when you choose to do something like that? Like with the mobster mentality, or even with Peter? Like, uh, how is that? You're choosing to bring. I know I'm talking a lot, but I think what's interesting about because they do this in a lot of comic books where it's like. Uh, I can't date you anymore because then you're in danger. Right. The problem is that doesn't put you out of danger. Mm -hmm. Like Superman always says, like, I can't be with Lois Lane. But like Lex Luthor is still like, man, if I kidnap Lois Lane, you're still going to come save her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You have have to not care about that That is the primary reason that secret identities exist for all superheroes. For the most part, it's like endangering. Sorry. I'm like, (laughs) I get a point. (laughs) No, I mean, something I actually find interesting when you talk about Spider-Man, though, is this whole idea about putting you know his identity needing to be secret because of the the danger would put in that really doesn't come into play until after gwen stacy dies for the most part mm. peter keeps his identity a secret yeah. out of cowardice because yeah. it's 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 he can't tell betty brant because oh she blames spider-man for the death of my brother she's gonna hate me and he can't tell yeah. aunt may because she's gonna have a heart attack and you yeah. know she's always the perpetual heart attack for aunt may and then with gwen <laughs> stacy again moments, it was like there are moments i think where he worries that like people would track to, them down but it really was I, he, to moments so he but could I, leave, he yeah. could reveal to Aunt May who he was, but, but he couldn't necessarily reveal to. But then even with Gwen Stacy, he's like, you know, he's like ready to. to I'm going to tell Gwen, and then oh, Captain Stacy's dead. Tell Gwen, and, but not tell the world. Right, right. Yeah. But but I can't tell Gwen now because you know her she, dad's dead. Her yeah. dad's dead and blames me, and she's going to hate a me. Bad time. Yeah. <laughs> going through some stuff. <laughs> I'm just going to swing <laughs> by. <laughs> Wait, so 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 he's in love with Gwen Stacy, and she eventually dies. Yes. And at a certain point, how does he react to that death? Because is Not he in well. love with her at that point? Yes. yes. Yeah, they were dating for a while. They yeah. were dating. Yeah. He was the. Uh, they treated it like this is the girl he'll eventually marry. Okay. It's yeah. It was essentially the end of innocence in comics when and she so, died. Right. Yeah. So what happens? How does he react to that? Well, so she dies because the Green Goblin figured out who Spider Man was. Sure. And kidnapped her because he knew that was yep. his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then tossed her over a bridge. Maybe dead, maybe alive. That doesn't necessarily matter to this story. She's dead. Mm-hmm. He can't save her. Like, he's clutching her dead body on the top of uh, the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. Because the Green Goblin killed her. Yeah. So his yeah. first reaction Very is, well, sense. I'm going to kill the Green Goblin. Yeah. Which he ends up not being able to go. Which is a primary emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't, but he doesn't yeah. go through with it because he knows that's wrong. But his initial reaction is, like, I'm going to find him and kill him. But when it comes time, he's like, I can't kill him. Yeah. I can't kill a human being. Mm-hmm. And then the Green Goblin kills himself. In much the same way, years. it's basically the third act of Spider-Man: The First Movie. Yeah, is that because because Mary Jane gets thrown off of the Rosa or the um, Queensboro Bridge? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. She doesn't die though. She doesn't die. And then Green Goblin dies in the same manner of impaling himself in his yeah. own glider. Wait, she doesn't die? I thought that's why she was in that white dress in the second movie. She was a ghost. <laughs> yeah, she Did was I ghost. not watch this movie? No, she died from eating bad sushi. Is that a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you watched the movie Ghost. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that sounds like a Reddit rumor or something. Like. <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's where I read it. Was dead. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, in the in the issues after that, because I again have not read those no. issues. Um, That's not as essential reading, but okay. yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, like, how does he react in like the twelve issues after that to Gwen Stacy's death? It's more than how twelve. Long, yeah. How long does yeah. it take for him to like to love again or to? Uh, well, it's he, a long, long time. I mean, uh, yeah. A long time. Like he dates a lot. He dates like, MJ for about, yeah. yeah. I mean, like yeah, he picks things up with MJ and AB like in real time. Like, well, not real in comic book time. Like. I'm I'm mixing up my time. It's like twenty something issues later. I think he yeah. starts. Yeah, I think so it's until he proposes to Mary Jane, he still thinks about Gwen a lot. Oh yeah, in the wedding issue, he's thinking about Gwen. Does okay. yeah. <laughs> feel? Can you tell from from this? Does he feel when he so Gwen has died and now he's with he has decided to because that's part of vulnerability too is like you open yourself up to great joy and also great loss. So he's experienced loss now. When he opens himself up to Mary Jane. Does he feel as in love with Mary Jane or as excited to be in love as he was with Gwen? And do you, because of the loss, that's what it feels like. Oh, Oof. that's an interesting like, question. Is, yeah. is he keeping himself from loving Mary Jane to his full 100% human capacity because he is at at some part of his being afraid that she will be taken from him like Stacy was taken? I think that's definitely a, talked about a little bit. But, uh, yeah. yeah. They portray that he loves her just as much. Okay. But, uh, but, but on the but flip of that, Mary Jane has some weird emotions too that that I mean she's more the commitment phobe than yeah. than he, he is in the comics. Yeah. Is that why he's attracted to her because she's also kind of a commitment phobe? Oh, that'd be an interesting Ooh. take. Oh, I don't think yeah. it's been explored, but yeah. uh, that's a very interesting take. Yeah. yeah. Well, I better start writing comics. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's, hard, right? It's no. true though. She's very much uh, she's very much a sort of 
free spirit and is portrayed that way. Her character trait is when in doubt, run off and have a, have fun. Yeah. yeah. Mm, okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Just so get away from it. She so she's a runner, not a she wants yeah. she doesn't like to stay in well, sit and, and her first right. time staying, I think, was when after Gwen died, Mary Jane goes to see Peter mm. and Peter's like, Just go out go have a party, Mary Jane. That's all you care mm-hmm. about. And she goes to leave and then stops and closes the door and stays with Peter. Oh, that's And she beautiful. like makes that yeah, choice yeah. of like No, I wanna do that, so I won't. That's a that's like moment, that's right? like that's my, one of my favorite moments. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, over Gwen Stacy. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> yeah, because that's a that's a really uh, she grows really mm-hmm. human. Yeah, human and you know again like a very vulnerable moment yeah. in and I think the entire arc of the Spider Man mythos that she and she's not and it's silent too like it's it's a silent yeah. scene that they run through and yeah it's it's really great like Peter's just in grief. Yeah. In the room, and Mary Jane's starting to walk out and just slowly. I probably read that issue as a kid and had no had no effect yeah. on me. And then I read it again as an adult, and I was like, "Oh, Mary Jane!" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, and uh, Aunt May doesn't find out until the J. Michael Straczynski run. She finds out twice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I mean, I've read that issue where Peter she finds Parker out during the Clone the... Saga, oh, but it's not really her. It's an it's an actress. No. Identity. But I remember there's isn't there an issue? It's been so long since I've since I've read this. When Aunt May finds out, doesn't she then like go on either like a letter writing campaign or like commenting on the internet? Like yeah. she goes on a crusade for Spider. She tries to turn his of, image around. Everyone uh, hates yeah, Spider Man. Yeah. She's like, well, I don't like people hating my my nephew, uh, nephew. basically my son. Basically, yeah. yeah, yeah. But see, and that's the interesting that's the interesting sort of other side of the argument too is like. Yeah, he always thinks that he's going to be protecting people by keeping this secret yeah. to himself. But what he's also uh, doing is cutting himself off from any type of emotional support mm. that he could possibly have. Holding them yeah. at a distance because they're like, yeah. you're never around when I need you. Yeah, yeah so it's you're a big superhero thing. It's like, you're never around when I need you because well, I'm out there saving yeah, you. Yeah, so yeah. You, wind up, you wind up freezing yourself. I think what you said earlier, like you yeah. open yourself up and make yourself vulnerable. You get uh, great joy and great loss. Mm-hmm. Like you cut yourself off from... Uh, from fear, but you also cut yourself off from accessibility mm-hmm. mm. as well. Like you, you're literally isolating yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, and overwork and working too much is part of your tr- is part of uh, you don't want to face vulnerability. Like workaholics is like another kind of addiction where it's like you just want to be so busy. That he you definitely don't have to, is. Yeah, where he's you always got a day job break. and Spider Manning. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and That's, school sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're teaching school. Yeah. I mean, that was also another thing of the the J- the Straczynski run, which I know ran off the rails pretty hard <laughs> very strong start That's, yeah, I, yeah that was what kept me in comics around like 2000 2001 was like Amazing Spider-Man was my favorite comic for like a year because I love that run and I love that like he was a teacher what did he teach he, te- he was a science, science. teacher yep. at high school so he would like come in with like yeah. bruises and stuff but still like coming to teach science wow. yeah. which was really great yeah and at one point in that era like when that era starts too uh, he and Mary Jane have separated like okay. they they split up for a while. Not Part of it was because separated. she was, uh, she had died and come back. But wait, wait, uh, Mary Jane died too. Uh, in a plane thing. crash. What? Uh, yeah. So, well, but Aunt May and Mary Jane have died and come back. I didn't know yeah. Mary Jane. Yeah. But when she comes oh, back, she's she's in a place where she says she needs to sort her life out and figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. In her own head. I'll say this, Glenn. A lot of the reasons Dicey to talk about comic books is because of all these stupid things that happen, of course. which right. are all done for a good reason. It's like, well. We killed this character to tell this great story, mm-hmm. oh, but we need this character now to tell stories. Now we have to bring <laughs> them back, bring back yeah. and those moments are always awkward and uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. my feeling is somebody who's read a lot of them is just like, well, if I get through this and the stories are good, right. then I don't care yeah. about this bad exactly. moment. Yeah. But when you're telling someone who doesn't know about it, it's like, it mostly is like, just ignore it. Sure. Yeah. There's stories where Aunt May dies, sure. and there's stories where she doesn't, right. and they're not in that order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so just be aware of... Yeah. When we start talking about weird things, just be like... And this is it's what's this is what's interesting <laughs> because it's, 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 as we're talking, <laughs> it's a soap opera. It's Dynasty. It's uh, well, we Dallas, haven't we haven't gotten yeah, into yeah, Spider-Man. It's all a dream into, sequence. Like, a yeah, that sort of stuff. No. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what's interesting <laughs> too is a lot of times when you when you will ask, or reach out and ask uh, a comic book reader about questions like this, the and this is what happened in the thread is it sort of uh, devolves and not out of 
not out of malice or anything. It just no. sort of happens this way where it just devolves into, oh, here's a cool story. Well, it's, yeah. here's right. a cool it devolves story. into which comic book shops were the worst and which were the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I had a terrible experience here and I had... I was like, yeah, and that was Great. partly my fault. <laughs> no, no, no. Someone it, suggested something. And... It was, no, and all these people were very... Um, generous with their answers before this kind of devolved, and I was very appreciative of everybody who was, who yeah. was uh, yeah, who volunteered their knowledge. Can I say there's an interesting thing in Spider Man that I've always enjoyed, which is a Green Goblin thing. Green Goblin, Norman Osborn, before he killed Gwen Stacy, discovered who Peter Parker was, mm-hmm. and right then he now. slept with Gwen Stacy. Wait, no, no. <laughs> oh, no, no. so he knows who Peter Parker is. Don't, his, uh, Peter's arch enemy, the worst villain he's ever fought, knows who he is. His entire life is at threat. His aunt is at threat. Mm-hmm. His girlfriends, his friends, everybody's at threat. And then Norman loses his memories. Yeah, when he, when he like can't remember that he was ever the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Right. I read that issue because you recommended um, it. Thank you. And <laughs> Peter decides yeah. to let him not go to jail. He's just like, you okay. know what? I'm gonna let him walk because he's my best friend's dad. Yeah. He's not a villain anymore. Mm-hmm. But throughout that like ser- for that period, every time he sees this guy, he's like, oh god, does he remember? Is he gonna become oh, evil wow. again? Weird. Yeah. I don't know what to do about it. Unless he becomes evil, I just have to sit here and yeah. hope he's not evil. And you and like and if he had put him in jail, when Stacy might not have died. Like there's all these like ifs, if it's, then what it's else? It's such sure. an interesting choice. He's like, well. I want you to be a good guy, so I'm going to let you be okay. I'm going to let yeah. you be this good guy that you seem to be. He's giving him a chance. Yeah, and the same yeah. thing happened with Harry later on, where it's like, yeah. um, one of my favorite storylines is where they live. Harry Osborn, uh, Norman's son, becomes the Green Goblin, uh, and for a while, James Franco, James, James Franco, Franco. <laughs> and they live I know like their neighbors, their neighbors <laughs> in an apartment building, like their lofts one above another. And he's like living above Harry Osborn, going, God, I hope he doesn't become the Green Goblin again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right here. Yeah. And, and Harry is married and has his own kid. He's like, yeah. we're all in danger if this guy becomes wow. the Green Goblin. Yeah. And it yeah. seems like he is. And yeah, yeah. Such an inter- and he, doesn't do, he can't do anything about it. He just sits there and goes, I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. That, oh, that, like, this, this so whole, the whole thing about um, vulnerability and bringing people in, like the thing that we're talking about is so in every Spider Man story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even like if you go to the recent. Like Flash Thompson as Venom ongoing series, there was all that with also like Betty, his wife, because he's yeah. married, Betty was his wife, right? no Liz, girlfriend, no girlfriend, yeah, Flash, girlfriend. yeah, Flash, yeah. Flash, and, uh, Flash, Flash is... was maybe married to Ming, I don't know, no, Shashan, but still, like, <laughs> even him, <laughs> even like Flash Thompson as a peripheral like Spider-Man affiliated character also struggles with all of these things. Yeah, I mean, it's but just... I think it's also become a comic book thing. Spider-Man yeah. popularized it that like Green Lantern now goes through that, you know, Superman goes through like. Spider-Man, I think. Batman, the, I mean, Batman, Batman doesn't really. Yeah. Uh, Batman's weirdly, like, works in his golden age manner, but, like, the modern Spider-Man thing it filters into a lot of superheroes, yeah. I think. Uh, that sort of, like, balancing your life and being just like you and having problems and being like, oh, what do well, I do in this situation? Like, and so the same sort of thing, this sort of, like, how do I balance this? As we were also as we were talking about earlier about um like the cultural view of masculinity of like being oh, yeah. super like aggressive oh, and stuff. like I feel hours. like like kids relate to Spider Man because Spider Man that's so a part of who he is is this emotional side whereas I don't think that on a surface level Superman and Batman it's not as tied up in their characters as it is with Spider Man Spider Man is all about the responsibility and the burden and how horrible it would be to be a superhero in a way yeah um, yeah well and also super, yeah. in the Ditko issues. The amazing Ditko issues that Brett White has never uh, read. What are those? Um, <laughs> a lot of and, times, and, you know, he... if there was like one big volume that, that had them sure. all, and I could just buy one thing and have them, I would do it. Yeah. But, but I don't what? think that's you're saying that because you know it exists. <laughs> um, but like a lot of times when he would fight these villains in initial times, like obviously it's violent and there's punching and kicking and all that stuff. But he often beat them with science. Oh, uh, so he's fighting the vulture. He's science. Punching, he's punching <laughs> the vulture and he's kicking the vulture. But then he de- creates a device that makes the vulture's wings not work. Oh, that's okay. how he beats him. Or he's fighting yeah. Electro, who's uh, shoots lightning out of his hands and he sure. knows to ground him and it's like well, let uses me, his science sure. background and also punches. let me ask and you guys this uh, as Spider-Man fans what is it about Spider-Man that has drawn you to the character um, it, the relatability I mean it's it's you know I, I, I think I think when I was here last time I talked about my, I mean, my very first issue of Amazing Spider-Man the very the opening panel is Spider-Man uh, running out of web fluid getting rained on and like like you know his arms are crossed his head is down he's looking pathetic and and for me it was just like 
this is his own comic book and the, the hero is a loser. I love this. I'm seven years old. I'm like, this is amazing. I love this. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I, I, I can identify with this guy, you know, and, yeah. and, and that was, that's always been the hook for me. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, t- Peter, I, I see myself in Peter. I yeah. mean, I know that sounds egotistical, but I mean, you know, that's, I think, yeah, I think that's what is great about him. Like, and I think it's true for everyone. It's like, not just men, it's men, women, uh, any race, any creed, any uh, type of person you are, uh, cool, uh, unpopular, nerd, jock, doesn't matter. Everyone feels like people don't get them. They, everyone goes yeah. through that phase where like, uh, you don't know the real me. And that yeah. is Peter Parker where he's like, he's like uh, nothing works out, everything's hard, yeah. but I'm pretty awesome. I'm Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. This shouldn't be hard, but it is. And like that sort of idea of like, if you really got to know me, you'd know I was Spider-Man. You yeah. all sort of feel that way, I think. <gasps> Right, uh, oh. and you want everyone to know, like, look at you, and be like, I know you're Spider-Man. You don't need to tell me. Yeah, and that, that's another interesting thing too. Is that like, when you get to know me, you'll find out that I'm Spider-Man. That that, in a sense, is almost like you know, like if you like, when you get to know me, you'll find out X, Y, and Z. These things that I'm afraid to tell people for yeah. fear that you will run away. Like yeah. that's another kind of vulnerability. Is like when you were saying, oh, he was yeah. about to tell Gwen that he was Spider-Man. Is that was that the yes. deal? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, um, like that's another kind of vulnerability. I think is being able to. Admit things to people about yourself. Oh, yeah. Not be afraid that they'll run away. You know, it's interesting. I think I just now realized that a lot of the times, I think the title of the book is... When you said he's... He's amazing. He's a loser in his own book. Half the time, the title of the book is ironic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing, spectacular. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It should be like depressed, depressed Spider-Man. Well, tragical. The, the mel- <laughs> web, web of Spider-Man. I mean, that's pretty spot on. That's like, yeah. like, That's true. Not, that's the third. It's like not hyperbolic. The third book. It could be uh, sad. Uh, I mean, also tying into my thing, it's like that when I was talking about like him using science to defeat villains, like that's another part of it. It's like he... He is cool, and it's not the powers that make him cool. He's even if he didn't get bit by a radioactive spider, he's yeah. awesome. Uh, he just needed the powers to help let that out. Yeah, and yeah. I think like that's a fun thing too. And he's also incredibly hard on himself, which oh, I think yeah. is just. I mean, you know, I mean, we're talking about the dick go run again. Sorry, Brett. Um, and we're just gonna. You know, talking about how angry he was, but you know, to me, his most triumphant and greatest moment in that run is the the if this be my destiny arc, and it's him trapped under the steel, and and you know, before he lifts it up, he you know, he runs through this whole thing, and and what he's running through is I fail. You know, this is yeah. I I I, I failed. A big moment where he's fighting Doctor Octopus to get a cure to save his aunt who's dying, oh. and from like, his own blood, from his blood that yeah. he gave her because it was radioactive blood. Oh, so and, uh, it's all his fault. The entire base yeah. has collapsed on his back, and he's like, "Well, I didn't do it. I'm gonna die now." Yeah. Wow. And it's like what half the issue was just him under like rep- four pages. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, when they talk about it in like you know documentaries, it's, 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 like, <laughs> it's four pages. Yeah. What used to be in comics, one panel, right. and that it was yeah. like yeah. it never gets drawn out that much. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. But it, but it became like a huge moment. Model. Yeah, wow. it's just him going, "I failed," and then having to be like, "No, I can't. I yeah. can't give up." Yeah. Too many people are counting on me, and yeah. then he like summons the strength, and it's it is yeah. an amazing moment. The, yeah, the greatest well, thing of that. Say yeah. like that yeah. moment itself has been repeated so many times sure. in Spider-Man's own comics. So like that was the yeah, my younger brother. My younger brother has a joke wherever, like, he's trying to do something really hard. He goes, for Mary Jane! <laughs> uh, uh, and it's like, it's like him, like, lifting a heavy box. Uh, and it's That's a very same, funny move. You know, uh, Gotta do it for Aunt uh, May! Like, 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 like someone's Dr. Octopus base is someone's yeah. box of trophies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, and in the same vein, I mean, most. I mean, most of my favorite stories of Spider-Man are those stories where his weaknesses are exposed and out there. Like I think yeah. of like the Juggernaut story by Roger Stern. I mean, you know, oh yeah, I mean that's I that's a that's one of my favorites, and and um, I mean the stuff we were talking about with Paul Jenkins with him and Green Goblin, and just like kind of laying it all out there, like you know, you're who you are. This is who I am. Those, it's it, you know, it doesn't always have to be the big yeah. explosive issues it's every it's, moment it's, where yeah. he thinks he can't win yeah like the first time he faces doc ock which is like issue three yeah four? yeah yeah he loses it's the first time he's ever lost yeah like he wins yeah. every battle in the first yeah. few issues and most issues were two stories yeah dr octopus like holds him up and he just pimp slaps yeah him. Oh, wow. <laughs> out a window and he runs off and he goes well i guess that's it <laughs> <Wow>. spider-man <laughs> over <laughs> he goes to a pep talk by the human torch at his high school and human torch is like well what makes us heroes is we don't give up 
Peter's like, oh yeah, <laughs> and he goes back and beats him. Although my favorite, it's my favorite part of that is still him like running up to Johnny Storm and being like, oh, thank you so much. And Johnny Storm's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Peter what are you? Thanks to Superman. Peter's like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. Uh, but it is a great moment. Of yeah. just, like, that's funny. Of like, especially back then, where it's like, hero wins, hero wins, hero wins. Hero loses. Yeah, <laughs> it's not supposed to happen. Uh, we were talking earlier about like you know the the children of uh, mobsters mm-hmm. and how they like hate the way they you know they're they're sad of the way they brought up they were brought up because oh, of yeah, the fear I think they're, just, they're yeah. regretful or yeah. like mm-hmm. scared. Um, how did like for a while there was a good chunk of time where Mary Jane and Aunt May both knew that who he was and were still willingly in his life, maybe more so than ever. And like, how did they? I mean, what was the book like at that time? How did they... Did they ever get into the regret of, like, I wish I didn't know this. I wish I could leave. They did that with Mary Jane sometimes. But I think it always... Yeah. The problem with that is it makes you not like Mary Jane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just like, remember with Breaking Bad, everyone, like, hated... Skylar. Uh, uh, Skylar. because she didn't want her husband to be a meth yeah. cook. Yeah. And it was like, oh, but we want him to be a meth cook. <laughs> and it's true. Like, and I, I thought Skylar was great. I'm not I never understood. But I did enjoy her more when she was like going along for it, but not liking it. Like, it was, she was sure. more interesting when she wasn't a wall. And there's a show, Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. Where the ki- uh, the main dude was a spy. Right. And his best friend always got in the way. His best friend's like, you never hang out with me. Morgan. And it made you hate that character. And then the next season, the writers were like, oh, we'll just make him okay with it. Yeah. And he was just like, hey, I gotta run off. And he's like, sure. Cool, man, we're friends. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh, so you don't like characters that stop people yeah. from being heroes. Especially, especially in the case of Spider-Man where he's not making meth he's saving lives yeah. it, when Mary Jane's like I don't want you to I'm out of out meth there. fluid <laughs> Mary Jane's like you can't go fight the rhino it's like well that's selfish yeah you know and like you don't want that so it always worked better when those two were behind him 100% which they were a lot yeah and stuff. I think that Mary I mean I, in my opinion Mary Jane and Aunt May are two of the strongest supporting characters in all of comic books Aunt May was always I think 100% behind when she knew yeah, yeah. Mary Jane had moments where I was like, you're writing her port. Like, you need to make her stronger than Spider Man in a way. I mean, she took up smoking. That's how bad it was. Yo, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Well, whenever whenever Venom was introduced as a character, I mean, that was that was a big part of that situation. Sure. Was um, Venom was another character who knew who Spider Man was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he popped up in there, the home that they were moving into, in a dark corner one night when she was there by herself, and like. Uh, physically uh, threatened her. This is Topher Grace. Yeah. <sighs> uh, physically threatened her and Shit, yeah. like left her shaken. And he wore like his costume was what Spider Man was wearing at the time, which was like a black costume. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot darker. Uh, but this guy was like a lot more physically imposing. He was like a big bodybuilder type, and uh, and it terrified her to the point he was like, "I have to go out and stop this." And she was like, "I don't." She didn't want him to leave because she was in a really vulnerable state, and he was, he was torn. And it, and it's whenever they would put the whenever they would present those situations, it's there are no winners, and they would no. clearly write them that way too. That yeah. there that even at the end of that, there wasn't you know like like Spidey saves the day, right? But he's still left with the emotional fallout of yeah. his wife being traumatized, and it, it actually forces him yeah. into. Going back to his red and blue costume, yeah. right? There's a because... moment where she's like, "Don't wear the costume that this guy who scared me yeah. wore." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." That's yeah. Good point. <laughs> they say they 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 have to say scared because of like where the comics code was, but you could tell that they like wanted this to be like a very horrifying and yeah. traumatic incident in her life, and yeah, um, I mean that's uh, that's that's part of it though too, right? Like. In in even in a greater scale in real life, like the, the, the villains that knew who he was play into what Glenn's talking the most because that's the yeah. people that threatened people around him. That's where him having friends and loved ones was a threat to them because of those people. Yeah. The ones who don't know who he is, no threat. Yeah. Not really. So do we think that Spider-Man is stronger as a character for actually letting those people into his life? I like, do. Yes. Are, I think that's always the case. I think they're better stories. They're, you know. Uh, 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 I think so because like, I think every now and then they touch, I don't know, I can't think of a great Spider-Man story where they do this where like, he kind of is like, I'll just do my own thing and live alone. And it's like, he can't do it. He's not strong enough. Because, like, yeah. again, he lifted that thing off of him <clears throat> for Aunt May. Yeah. To save Aunt May. Not for Spider-Man. Not for himself. Yeah. He's like, I have right. to do it. I have to save Aunt May. I let down Uncle Ben. Yeah, I can't let down anybody else. That's the inciting incident. But, yeah, but, like, is, so... Is other people. He, if he yeah. doesn't love, yeah. he can't lift that giant 
Oh, right. Except wait. That's so um, and love is vulnerability. So vulnerability uh, it always makes me think of Buffy. Yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, yeah. uh, I always bring this show up, I feel like, when I'm with you. <clears> you should. But, we should talk about Wayne um, But Buffy's <laughs> thing was show. there was a line of Slayers, and they were all pretty good, and Buffy's the best one, and she's the best one because she has friends and family. Yeah. yeah. She's the yeah. only one and who They did. make that point all the time. Yeah. It's like, even, they like you, the, everyone who's in charge like, you shouldn't have loved ones. She's like, well, I do. And they help her yeah. and save her, and they're the reason she's good. Yeah, and I mean, even like Kendra, Kendra's mother was a slayer in New York, right? Uh, no, but like no, even uh, then, it was Robin. Yeah, that was the oh, Robin season oh, seven. Oh, right, 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 right. Sorry, Kendra was just a you know it. one of those chosen ones. But she was one yeah. who played by the rules. She had yeah, no yeah, friends. Yeah. She had no family. Right, yeah. and she was not as strong as Buffy. Oh, and then yeah. you also have Faith, who was reckless with her relationships. Like she yeah. didn't try. Like yeah. she took Xander's virginity and then tried to strangle him. Like yeah. she does. Like she yeah. did not value people. But, so therefore, I mean, at the end of the day, Buffy was strong because she had friends. Yeah. And, and other Kendra, Faith and Kendra not having friends or not treating them correctly was also you need something reasons. to fight for you need, yeah. you need people on your and side and you need empathy yeah uh, well, you hear those stories about parents seeing their kids trapped under like an ice cream truck and being able to like lift it yeah. with just the strength of their adrenaline running yeah. through well, their bodies or, yeah. yeah you know what I mean well can we take this point and like kind of branch it to what's going on currently in Spider-Man with sure. Superior and Spider-Rock yeah. I, sure, mean, sure. I mean do we have to explain that to Glenn I, I guess so. Oh yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's just, it's just going to be more uh, than this happening. It's a very comic story. Yeah. it's being well told, but it's very comic. Uh, Spider-Man. Uh, Peter Parker's version. Yes. Peter Parker's body is currently in possession of Doctor Octopus's. Doctor Octopus is in possession Control. of Peter Parker's body. So okay. his brain is in Peter's body, mm-hmm. and he's been the only person that's known for a while, and um, he has decided that uh he's going to use this gift of like you know youth and vigor and like intelligence and stuff to be better than peter parker ever was which is why the book's called the superior spider-man right now (laughs) because he's like arrogant he's like i can be better than this clown ever was uh and it's wow that's a statement about like we give it a chance to be good right well that's what i'm saying i mean yeah because good out of a bad reason because yeah, I, because I, I think because I feel where the book is going and I mean I'm not going to speculate too much but I mean you know like as as Doc Ock becomes more vulnerable he's becoming more heroic I mean you know, it's, sure. you know I mean the very the oh, first wow. you know the first bulk of issues it's you know him like 12 steps ahead of all the villains and like oh I I, I planned this ahead and you know I did this and I did that and yeah he, and he kills people because you know that's yeah. that's what we have to do and now it's a lot of bridges doesn't he like he like he makes everyone yeah yeah he oh, yeah. blackmails Jonah I yeah. mean you know it's all these all these different you know evil things but now like you know his his, his weaknesses are becoming exposed you know because he's up against the green goblin who you know basically can outfox him at every turn and it's like he's his, his family's you know getting picked off and you know the, the most recent issue that I read you know his girlfriend gets abducted and it's like yep what is he and now and to me now i'm compelled i'm compelled to read about this i mean i was always compelled to read about this character but now i'm actually feeling emotions for him where yeah. you know we're, we're initially you know for the first part it's like okay this is a really well-told story and blah 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 but you know i, I want peter back because you know doc ock is just starting to grate on me and he's too sure. dominant but and now I mean, it's at like the end of the you day, know it's what we're saying is like what glenn even said but he was a hero but for all the wrong reasons. Right. Yeah. And like that's why he's never going to be quite as good as Peter was, who was a hero for all the right reasons. But I think he's going to become a hero for the right reasons before this is yeah, end. I think he'll I do think, a hero I, thing at the end. I yeah. think that's how, yeah, yeah. It feels like the main difference between villains and, and heroes is, 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 is having these great powers but using them for either selfish or selfless purposes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think so. And there's always been a parallel between Spider-Man and Doc Ock. I mean, you know, because they're both men of science and, you know, I mean, the, the, they both represent animals with eight appendages. And, yeah. <laughs> and, but, 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 you know, the, the, the way it's always been viewed is, you know, Spider-Man, Spider-Man could have, would have become Doc Ock if he didn't learn the lesson of with great power must also come yeah. great responsibility. Yeah. I mean, Doc Ock also had a worse childhood. Yeah. He was picked yeah. up by school and at home. Peter right. had a loving family. Right. It's a, sort of an argument for nurture. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, Peter was raised by good people. Yep. Just that, like, that'll do it. You know, like that makes, I think that's, he, I mean, Doc Ock may still have been bad. Right. But I think like, that's always an interesting thing with villains where it's like they were doing something and then something bad happened to them so they turned to crime. And superheroes, something bad happened to them and then they turned to the good. Like Daredevil lost his sight yeah. and became a hero. It's like, that's horrible. Yeah. Right. But he didn't he didn't well, turn that into a bad thing. Yeah. 
I'm just trying to, because, like, Batman's parents died right in front of him, and he turned that into a good thing, right? Yeah. Yep. You could so say for a bad reason. He might be the one weird exception, because he's doing it a little bit for revenge. Right. You killed my parents, I'll stop you. That's the mm-hmm. reason. But, like, I think it turns into justice at some point, but initially, what drives him is, Batman is revenge. Uh, what drives Spider-Man is guilt. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And what drives oh, yeah. Superman uh, is, yeah, like, he's just, he's just, like, the, the Earth's right yellow sun. <laughs> it's the right thing to do. Like, he's never had, like, he lost his family. But I think, yeah. and he lost his species. Yeah, in but an like, abstract way. He was never emotionally connected to it. He was never connected to it. So he was raised in a, by a very down-to-earth hmm. uh, farming family. And, and they just, like, raised you. Like, <laughs> you take care of each other. And like yeah. he's just he was raised right. Yeah, so he does it and look what way. happens when you're raised way. by Kevin Costner. You break people's necks <laughs> yeah. and well, destroy half a city. Those three as three big characters Ooh, are very interesting to me. That like <laughs> they're all very heroic, but for very different reasons. We don't want to know what yeah. happened to those Field of and Dreams kids. Sort of work. Batman is a weird exception where, like, he has some weird internal compass that says like I won't kill. We're like, yeah. Why does he have that? Because his parents were killed, I guess. But like, mo- like, there's nothing in his life that made that happen. Other, like, he saw his parents die, I guess, because he saw it happen right in front of him. Yeah, maybe he doesn't. Spider-Man want to do that didn't to see else. it happen, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that I think that's that's. Like it's, a, the, it's a weird thing. That's the hook of what makes him super fascinating. But I like, feel look like. at Punisher, who saw his family get killed, and, and he like, just he goes, "I'll kill everyone else then." Yeah, mm. and like, yeah, it's just, Which, but he was raised differently. And for yeah. me as a reader, I'm much more fascinated by Batman than Punisher. Sure. Like, I cannot get a hook in Punisher specifically because of that reason. Because I don't. It's you a know. different story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but Batman won't kill, and I think that's what makes him a hero. But there's like a really neat graph that we could like plot these. Oh people yeah, definitely. On. I think oh, yeah. 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 yeah, looking at looking at the no kill code and you know who who strays right, from like that line is like motivation yeah. Yeah. is the x axis and like yeah. will will not kill or whatever is like yeah, like, yeah. Right, and Doc Ock's willing to kill right yeah. Yeah. it's true not, like how much harm you're willing to do to others to get you know for... what quadrant do you fall right yeah. exactly yeah. well I mean uh, do we have any more final thoughts or. So, any well, I, I guess uh, I want to open that up to Glenn. Are there any uh, any other thoughts or uh, um, feels? I, I feel like we, you guys have covered a lot of stuff, and it's been really, yeah. yeah. I will say, I think your thoughts are not, even though Spider-Man is the one that clues you into it, I mm-hmm. do not think they are specific to Spider-Man. I think a lot of characters go through the stuff you're oh, talking yeah, yeah. about. True. Like superheroes, even. Exactly, yeah. Uh, that was just the first... And thing I'm that I happy that Spider-Man is the one who yeah. pointed that to you. <laughs> yeah, but because uh, uh, I, I think yeah. like the X-Men don't necessarily do that because they don't have supporting cast as much as each other. Uh, yeah, uh, team books don't have that as much. But I think most solo heroes now, at least. I mean, Daredevil is like a close second with Spider-Man. I would say. I mean, Nowadays, like, Daredevil, yeah. the Daredevil Foggy. Not Nelson, when he started, but yeah. Now. Yeah, but like the Daredevil Foggy Nelson relationship is so tightly interwoven. But Superman has where... definitely gone through this. Yeah. Batman has definitely gone through this thing. It's like I can't have sidekicks anymore because they're at risk. I have yeah. to do it all myself. For Superman, yeah. there's definitely a storyline where Superman's like, I'll just stop every crime forever and not be Clark Kent anymore. And mm-hmm. that didn't work because he became kind of cold and like he needs to be a human. You need humanity. Yeah. You need yeah. humanity to understand uh, what's important to humans. Spider-Man may have touched on it first or earliest. Maybe or, I have... or best early. Yeah, it's not like a comic yeah. book question, but I guess like what do you guys think is the greatest kind of vulnerability you can exhibit? In a person? Great question. Oh, I'd love to know that. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> that's our answer. <laughs> yeah, that's your answer, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think it's the exact thing The exact thing we're talking about. I mean, if, if, if Spider-Man is the is analogous to whatever your deepest, darkest, th- not maybe not darkest, but like your deepest version of yourself or whatever, like showing your true self to someone, mm-hmm. like that, yeah. I feel. I'm willing to fail. Yes. That's the hardest yeah. thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, all right, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to be and I'm going to try to be really good at it, but I'm okay if I'm not. Like, that's really hard, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, bridging on that, I mean, it's it's also the acceptance of your failures. Yeah. Like, and, and I mean, I mean, that's that's what starts him really as Spider-Man is the acceptance of the fact that he failed his Uncle Ben mm-hmm. and yeah. now he has to be responsible now. Like, and, yeah. and, and not be afraid you're going to fail again. Also, right. It's like, that's the thing he always, it's like, you can't let that freeze you. And right. Like, why try? I'm just going to fail. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, especially from like a improv or mm-hmm. acting standpoint of like, oh, I didn't, I didn't get this. I didn't do well in this right, audition. Making a choice. I didn't do well in this audition and that's still, I hate auditions and I leave, Ugh, I'm yeah. going like, well, I'm horrible at everything. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes me not want to do auditions. But like finding that thing where it's like, well, where do I not mind failing? Like, oh well, if I do this thing and I fail, 
I'm, I, that, I come back stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, would that's the, a tough thing, I think. If you were to, like, go on an audition versus, like, doing something that you wouldn't mind failing at, if you were to succeed at either of those things, which one would be more fulfilling? Well, I think that's what it came down to, is, like, the pain of failing at acting, yeah. to me, was not worth the joy I get yeah. from acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, like, uh, uh, if I could submit packets to shows, yeah. and they rejected them, I'd probably bounce back from that easier, because mm-hmm. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, it feels, and a part of that is because it's less... It feels less about me and more mm-hmm. about my skills. Like mm-hmm. feeling at auditions is like maybe I'm fat. You know, really, you know, like, or maybe I just can't express that emotion. I can't do it. It just mm-hmm. feels so far from me. Maybe that's what it is. But then with writing, it's like, well, I can get better at this. Yeah, I can yeah. keep working it. And that's just, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and like I love when I do something funny, and it's like, well, I get just as much joy mm-hmm. out of writing something funny as I do out of acting something funny. Yeah. But the rejection from acting is much harder than the rejection of writing. Yeah. But I wish, I think I would be a better actor if I was less, if yeah. I was, if I was just like, oh, fuck, I didn't get that audition. <laughs> you know, who cares? But I just, that's hard yeah. for me. I would say, you know, you know what I always have trouble with and is that I'm a type of person who wants, like, really wants people to like me. But I have a very hard time accepting that people do like me. Which mm. is like a weird dichotomy, mm. right? Yeah. And I have a really hard time accepting that people are okay with who I am. Mm. Oh, wow. Wow. I, get that. I always have that trouble. Yeah. yeah. I get that. That's always uh, been my... My my <laughs> wait what say that again? Uh, uh-huh. it's, it's you say aho. That means uh-huh. um, it's short for ahomatakuyasa, which means I think it means uh, uh, me too, my brother, or like end you, my brother, or like it's like yeah. a, an agreement. Ah. It's like a it's like a ditto, but ah. in uh, Native American speech. Oh, so. so we're cool. So we're all ditto heads uh-huh. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get that. Uh-huh. I, uh, uh, with my wife, she knows every now and then. I'm just like, wait, are you, are you happy? Like every now and then. I'm in the past where I didn't know yeah and there's a part of me that's like well now I'm worried that you won't tell me and it's like she's like I'll let you know <laughs> oh you'll know every now and then I just get hit with this panic of like oh, she's miserable why wouldn't you be miserable like it's sort of yeah, like yeah. stuffed out oh, and yeah. I'm like you're miserable aren't you she's like no I'm like oh right Right, of course. Yeah, you're not. You're not yeah. these other people. Yeah, and I'm it like, helps uh, to remind yourself too that like she has agency, and so if she was miserable, she would leave. Yeah, uh, and she's yeah. not going to. Yeah. You're a wonderful person. Well, I don't know. She hasn't figured it out yet. <laughs> uh, but it is. But I do go through that, well, and I know sure where it comes listens. from. I know it comes from past yeah. rejections. Yeah, it's like they blindsided me so much that I've yeah. been scarred. Yeah, where it's yeah. just like, ugh, that hurts. So yeah. is that happening? No. Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> and that's vulnerability. Is yeah. is being with your wife in those time being like yeah. and like loving her even though you might be like shaky about like oh yeah. are you you know well uh, that's what I've learned it's just I just like ask I'm just like I'd rather ask and have her be like no I'm not and I was like then to sit there thinking about it <laughs> yeah I can't handle it's mm-hmm. like oh no yeah. just deal with it just get it out in the yeah. open uh, speak the emotion and then <laughs> if she is oh no and if she's not <laughs> she'll laugh at me and yeah. I can yeah. move on either way great wow got real I'm sorry yeah no, that's great. <laughs> I think that's a great place to end it. Um, I think this was a really awesome conversation, guys. Uh, let's, I had a great time. Spidey talk. Yeah, let's go. Let's go around the table, please. Uh, plug your projects. Let us know where oh, yeah, we can sure. find you online. Uh, it's plug time. Sure. Um, my name is Glenn Buzan. I am a writer and performer at uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in uh, New York City, and I have a show um, running now. It's called "This Is Going to Hurt." It's actually about vulnerability, and uh, it's a uh, my friend Karen and I, we uh, do sketches about characters who are feeling uh, really difficult things. And um, then at the end of the show, we tell uh, stories about the darkest times in our lives. And then we uh, tell late night style monologue jokes about those stories. Um, and uh, we s- will probably cry on stage if you come see the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and so- I've heard from a number of people that it's amazing. Oh, yeah. thank you. I've oh, never to see it. We just had a show that. last night. So it was, uh, it, when it was yeah. the audience. Was Everyone's amazing. been loving it. So oh, it's got to be an amazing show. Um, and uh, we unfortunately we don't know what the, when the next date is, but it's in April. We only do it once a month because it's uh, very draining, so we can't do it more than <laughs> sure. once. A month. Sure, um, But I'll look up on the schedule at UCB, and you'll see it there. UCBtheater.com. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, at Buzan is my Twitter, even though I don't tweet a lot, and it's probably not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kev Hines, <laughs> and I perform improv every Saturday night at seven thirty with the curfew here in New York City. 
go to that ucbtheater.com website to read all about it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And Mark Ginocchio, you can find all my Spider-Man blogging at www.chasingamazingblog.com. You can follow me on Twitter at ChasingASMblog. Uh, you could also read my column about 90s comics, gimmick or good, at comics should be good at CBR. <laughs> and uh, please also listen to my podcast, Superior Spider Talk. We actually just recently had a great conversation with the architect of Gwen Stacy's death, Jerry Conway yeah. from Amazing Spider-Man. So uh, check that out when you can. Yeah, Great show. Also really good in interviews with uh, a bunch of other, like, the 80s. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, well, I recently had something on CBR about uh, the hob, the hobgoblin mystery, which yeah. had yeah. interviews with Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends, and yeah. and if you like Peter what you heard here too, especially check out Mark's blog because a lot of the stories on the blog are about personal experiences revolving around collecting. Uh, all of the issues of Amazing Spider-Man, and they're fun, and they're touching, and uh, it's it's a really great read. Thank you. For more of us, you can go to mattandbrettlovecomics.com where you can rate and review the show. Uh, you know, talk to us, love us, give us attention. Get at us, dog. Write us <laughs> reviews on iTunes because it helps us out a lot and we need them reviews on iTunes. iTunes reviews, write them. Okay. You said it three times. You must I, mean it. I wagged my finger at the microphone. <laughs> While you're at mattandbrettlovecomics.com, you can check out some of our back issues, such as... Uh, the time that we read four iterations of Spider-Man's origin with Miss Katie Healy Wurzberg and Mr. Curtis Rutherford. Yeah, or the time that we actually delved into Deadpool issue 11, which goes back <laughs> in time and inserts Deadpool into an older issue of Amazing Spider-Man, and we read that with the very funny Michael Hartney. Yes. Uh, also, um, you can go to our mattandbreadlovecomics.com and go to the Hulos Comics tab and follow us on Twitter. Talk to us on Twitter. Tweet at us on Twitter. Tweet at us on Twitter. Uh, you, you might, if we follow you, you could DM us. Yeah. Um, but if we don't follow you, you can't DM us. That's you true. You just have to tweet at us. That's true. <laughs> That's how Twitter works. Uh, and as always, guys, you are our best spokespeople. So if you like the show, you like what you heard here, uh, tell your friends at the store. Um, grab a stranger on the street. Whisper it right into their eye. Um, <laughs> it's not what you hear out of. <laughs> uh, write, it, write it on every single bill dollar bill that's in your wallet and hand it out uh, whenever you pay for things. Um, I love that. I actually love that idea. Um, uh, instead of paying for things with money, write IOU no. and then the name of an episode and no, give that to a person not, instead. Not, Make sure you leave <laughs> before that happens. Um, paying for your Rihanna CDs. That's <laughs> Rihanna CDs. How about my pull list? It's not as it's not as ambitious as yours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, as always, thanks to our producer Ben Regee for putting up with us. Yeah. Um, you uh, truly are the Harry Osborne to our Peter Parker. Oof, that, Oof. Could, that might not end the well. good when it, in the good times, not okay. my enemy, my killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 God. Uh, thanks again to our panel today. You guys were awesome. We had a really great time. Amazing Spider panel. Amazing Spider yeah. panel. It took us till now. Yeah, to get web that. of web of Spider -Panel. and friends. <laughs> friends. Uh, yeah. yeah. Made, uh, Matt and Brett and their amazing Spider friends. I'm okay, whatever. We'll work it Firestar out. Firestar. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, until next time, this is Matt. And this is Brett. And we love comics. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.